welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Spirit-filled Word by David Entry. A time to hear God's Word is a time to be visited. May you receive a visitation as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Today our reading is John chapter 1, isn't it? Oh, John chapter 1 is too good. It's too good. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man. Mm. It made me pause. In Him, in Him was life. But that life that is in him was the light of man. He said, this light, this life which is in Christ, which is the light of man, that light shines in darkness and darkness could not comprehend it. (laughs) Then he says that there was a man. Let's get into this. There was a man sent. God has not stopped sending people. That's how God works. God works by saying, he says that Romans chapter 10, verse, 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 verse 13. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now watch this. He said, how shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear of whom they, without a preacher? How shall they preach without being sent? Ah! Yes, yes, yes. God hasn't sent a stop sending men. When Stephen was preaching in Acts chapter 7, he said, he said to the people, You stiff necked people. <laughs> and uncircumcised of heart, ye always resist the Holy Spirit. You always ask your father's did. So, do ye. What did they do? Look at the next verse. Which of the prophets have you not, uh, have, have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which should before the coming of the just one. Of whom ye have been now the betrayers and the murderers. God has always been sending people and they have been killing them. <laughs> he says they kill. In fact, when you called Saul of Tarsus, he said to him in Acts chapter 26, verse 18, I will deliver you from the people I am sending you. Can you imagine? <laughs> he didn't say I'm sending you and I will deliver. He said, first of all, he told them, uh, is, go, verse, verse 17. Verse 17. He said, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. He said, 
I'm going to deliver you from the people I'm sending. In other words, the people I'm sending you would like to kill you. It's called the law of sin in the flesh. If you preach the gospel, they will come after you. So don't be surprised at what is happening in our society. You preach, police will come after you. They'll tell you you are a nuisance. But others can stand by the roadside and be distributing Quran and shouting Allah wa kubaru. And that one, even police will encourage them. They'll surround them for them. Yeah. They'll give them water to drink. Yeah, and there'll be security to protect them. Try to preach. Not everywhere in UK, but a lot of places in UK. Yeah. But it's not because UK people are bad. It's because Satan has had a big influence here. And so now, the flesh is reigning and prevailing in our societies and communities. He said, I will deliver you from the people I am sending you to. And what am I sending you to do? To open their eyes. To turn them from, said to open their eyes. To turn them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God. That they might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance amongst them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's Christianity there. Anyone who is a Christian has experienced this. Eyes opened. Turn from darkness to light. Turn from the power of Satan to God. <laughs> Have received forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. This is what shows who a Christian is. Here. This one. This one. This text is what shows who a Christian is. Who is a Christian? Someone whose eyes have been opened. Yes. Oh, Are you trying to say I was blind? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 It's a yes, 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 yes. Oh, but I could see, uh, what, what do you mean by, I, I've never even been to any optician. I, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yes, 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 yes. It looks like you are seeing, but your mind is blind. Yes. Says the, the, he has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So he said, I'll send you to open their eyes. To turn them from, from where? From where? From where? From where? Can I start from there before I go to John chapter 1? Sit down. From darkness. Darkness. The whole world lies in darkness. From the time of Adam. The whole world lies where? When? From the time of Adam. The whole world lies in darkness. Darkness there means the life of God has been blocked. Because said in him was life. And that life was the light of men. Okay. So the whole world lies in darkness. So when Jesus showed up in Galilee, the scripture in Micah chapter 7 verse 8 and 9 was fulfilled. That Micah 7, 8 and 9, it says that rejoice Micah 7, 8 and 9. Do, uh, uh, my enemy, when I fall, I'll arrive. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Look at the next verse. 
light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me, he will bring me forth to light and I shall behold his righteousness. Now, this is our testimony. Now, in Matthew chapter, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 12, 13, 14. I think we should start from verse 14 to make it easier. Um, okay, he decided, he departed, verse 13, departed, he departed the region of Galilee, all right. Cap came to Capernaum, which is upon the sea, the sea coast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. Let's go to the next, verse 14 now. He says that, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, what did he say? The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the Sea of Galilee, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. 16, the people who sat in darkness saw, and to them which sat in the regions, in the region, the shadow of death, light is sprang up. Ah, Jesus came so that that scripture be fulfilled. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12, it says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. In John chapter 9, verse 4 and verse 5 particularly. John chapter 9, verse 5. Jesus said, these are the words of Jesus. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus is the light of the world. All right. And we are all in darkness. How does he move us from darkness to light? When he comes to us, it doesn't mean we are now in light. We might see the light, but it doesn't mean we are in the light. What it takes for us to move from darkness to light is what he was doing. That's why Jesus went to the synagogue. He didn't go to participate in wrong worship. Because the synagogue, the worship was not complete. So, but Jesus was always going to the synagogue. Mark chapter 1 verse 21. Matthew chapter 21 verse 23. He was always going to the synagogue. In Luke chapter 6 verse 6. He was always going to the synagogue. In Mark chapter, chapter 6 verse 2. Mark chapter 6 verse 6. Mark chapter 6 verse 30. Jesus was always going. And there's one thing he was always doing. He was teaching. The, his teaching was the means to bring the light of God. That is why we can't have church without teaching. The only way the light of God can dawn on men is when the scriptures are open and taught. Healthy, wholesome, true words are taught from scripture. That's how we get introduced to light. Light dawns on us. So Jesus Christ was teaching and teaching. His teaching was the way he shone the light of God on the people. And so in Mark chapter, chapter 6 verse 34, he saw them, the multitude, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And Bible said, he began to teach them. Teach them. Jesus Christ shone the light of God on us through his teaching. <laughs> Is anybody catching something at all? It's okay, so now I like to hold my Bible. The reason why carries, we always carry Bible is just to make a statement that the word of God is the most important thing in our midst. You can carry an iPad, then Bible is an, an iPad. That's fine. We want to carry the Bible. That's why I've invested in big Bibles. In carries, you don't go to the pulpit maybe to go and read announcements or do something and go and read from a phone. We don't do that. We don't do that in carries. 
We always hold the actual Bible because we just, we just want to make a statement that the Bible is the most relevant thing. We like it. Does that mean others who don't carry the Bible are doing, no, 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 it's not that. Our, it's our philosophy, it's our style. It's our style. We, we carry the Bible. That's why your pastor has a very big red, red Bible. Red Bible, red Bible, red Bible. Red Bible. In, 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 the, in the, I think the church of Scotland, either the church of Scotland or the Scottish Methodist, no, I think Methodist or Baptist church. Before the preacher goes to preach, there's someone called a, a sexton. A sexton is someone who works in the church and cleans the place and carries it. A sexton, before, please sit down, before the preacher goes to preach, a sexton will go ahead of the preacher. Sometimes even during the coronation, I think they did something like that. And he will carry a big Bible, it's opened, and go and put it on the lens, uh, um, the pulpit. Before the preacher, so by the time the preacher gets there, there is an open Bible, please, preach from the open Bible. It's just a statement. It's a good practice. Preach from the open Bible. Don't close the Bible. Because no one has got anything meaningful to say to the people of God outside of the scripture. Amen? Amen. You might have great ideas, great opinions, great philosophies, but it, it's all rubbish. <laughs> so long as what God can do with people are concerned if you don't open the scripture. The Bible is a place, the church is a place where the scripture must constantly be opened and must be taught from scripture. If we don't teach from scripture, Jezebel will teach. Oh yeah. Jezebel is a teacher. Oh yeah. You don't know. It's in your Bible. The church of Titeria. Revelation chapter 2 verse 20, 20 21. He said, you tolerate the woman. See, so there's sometimes you don't have to tolerate things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> not with that, not, not with I have a few things against you because you suffered. That's King James. Give me either New King James or NIV. He used the word, one of them said, use the word, you tolerate. Yeah. You, what is that? NIV. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. You tolerate. Church, there are times we don't have to tolerate some things. Yeah. You have to be intolerant of some things. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. In UK, we don't tolerate child abuse. We don't tolerate it. It's a safeguarding issue. We don't tolerate that. In UK, we don't do that. In UK, we don't tolerate politicians taking bribes. If we find out, we will, we will deal with them. In UK, we don't toler tolerate our politicians who are doing a party during lockdown. We don't tolerate that. We don't, we don't tolerate that. Every healthy community must have what they don't tolerate. But when outsiders and foreigners and aliens come in, they want to change what we don't tolerate to what we should embrace in the name of humanism. There are things that the church cannot tolerate. As long as we keep the Bible open. <laughs> Total scriptura. Every bit of scripture, we believe in it. Every, all of scripture, not some part of scripture. All! 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. All scripture 
is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, profitable for instruction, reproof, profitable for correction and instruction in righteousness that the man of God will be thoroughly furnished, equipped unto every good way. Shout out! So Jesus began to teach. Now, I'm saying teaching because if we are not careful, in fact, this is how Paul told, what Paul told Timothy. <laughs> I like the scripture, guys. He said, watch your doctrine. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Watch your doctrine. Watch your doctrine. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. You remember they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Yeah. They filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Acts chapter 5, verse 28. They filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. So you have to watch your doctrine. And Bible talks about how he redrew the disciples to one school of Tyrannus. And for two years, he taught them. He, taught, he reasoned with them out of the scripture. And this continued for two years. And all Asia heard the word. Few people in one corner. Because of the intensity of the purity of the gospel they were hearing, the entirety of Asia was affected. To the extent that there were many churches that were started in Asia. When Jesus wrote letter from heaven, when he went to heaven, he said, to the churches of Asia, right? To the churches of Asia, right? Why? Because Paul has touched the gospel to a few people so strong that thing affected the entirety of Asia. To the extent that there were seven major churches in Asia at the time Jesus was in heaven. Seven major churches. The church of Ephesus. The church of Sardis. The church of Pergamos. The church of Titeria. The church of Smyrna. The church of Pamphylia. The church of Laodicea. Strong churches. Some have already started declining because Jezebel managed to go in there to go and teach. Yeah. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, the, the teachings of Balaam. They were in church, but the teaching was Balaamic teachings. Yes. And then the, the, the teachings of Nicolaitans. So we are, you can see different teachings. But I have a few things against you because that, thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. That's one type of doctrine. Balaam. And then, uh, who taught Balak to cast stumbling block before the children of Israel that they will sacrifice, uh, uh, that they should eat things sacrificed to idols and commit fornication? Fornication matters. Please. Fornication, sexual immorality, and idolatry always go hand in hand in scripture. When we become loose sexually, we can't stay strong with God. Idolatry comes in. No wonder the community tries to push sexual looseness. No society that pushes sexual looseness can have the strength of God amongst them. Read your Bible. Sexual immorality always go with idolatry. Yeah. In, in Acts chapter 15, verse, um, verse 29, it said, let us tell them to stay from food, strangled animals and food offered to idols and uh, sexual immorality. Even Jezebel, he was teaching them how to eat food Offer to idols and commit fornication. So it's, it goes hand in hand. Sexual immorality and idolatry go hand in hand. Once you begin to be loose or you, you turn down on the laws of God regarding sex, you are definitely go, going to go into apostasy or you are going to go into idolatry. You always go hand in hand. So then the teachings of Balaam was teaching, taught Balak, Revelation chapter 2, verse 
14 and 15. He taught Balak, Balak to eat food offered to idols and commit fornication. Fornication is not okay, church. Fornication is not. Tell someone, I think they are talking to you. <laughs> the pressure is getting worse. <laughs> sit down, sit down, sit down. Hey! Fornication is not okay. Fornication is not okay. Check somebody on the shoulder and tell the person, please listen to what the pastor is saying. Listen to the pastor. <laughs> Sit down, sit down. We have to try and run off. Is somebody sucking in the way? <laughs> sit down. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Greek word translated fornication is pornea. Does it make a lot of sense? Pornea, pornea, pornea. Pornia, pornia. Yeah. So in some translations, it's translated sexual immorality. In other translations, it's translated fornication. It's just sexual immorality. So all shades. Whether by yourself, with a dog, with a man or a woman. <laughs> oh, all shades. Uh, what, what is there shades of grey or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Tell somebody, why don't you like what the pastor is saying? Ask somebody, don't you like what the pastor is saying? <laughs> you are not saying anything. Tell somebody, you are not saying, don't you like what the pastor is saying? <laughs> sit down, sit down. Alright, so that's the teachings of Balaam. There are certain teachings as long as the church endorses idolatry, flesh, carnality, sexual immorality will never be foreign in the church. The state of a church has everything to do with the kind of teaching the church is receiving. Not what politicians are saying. It's the teachings. So, the the. The fire in the church is determined by the pulpit. Like pulpits, like pews. If you see a lot of people in the church are lying, I think you have to look at the pulpit. If a lot of people in the church are fornicating, you have to look at the pulpit. What is in the pulpit is what is always manifesting in the church. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. So, the teachings of Balaam. Then he mentions the teachings of the Nicolaitans in church. So, teachings. So, we shouldn't go around and say, oh, it's teaching. It's just about teaching. No, it can be a teaching, but the teaching is not supplying Christ. There are some teachings that don't feed. So, it's their teaching, but this Nicolaitanic teaching is not, it's void of the life of Christ. This Balaamic teaching is void of the life of Christ. We, so, we have seen the, the teachings of Balaam. We have seen the teachings of the Nicolaitans. And then when you go further in the verse 21, we see the teachings of Jezebel. The church is supposed to be guarded, fed through teaching. 
However, there are some teachings that come and they don't feed the church. They don't feed the church. Yeah. They don't feed the, the, the church. They, they eclipse Christ. There are some teachings that are just political opinions. Running political commentary in the pulpit. Like in America, running motivations. Teaching what you want to hear. Seven ways to become prosperous. Three time tested means to catch a husband. People like it because they are not coming for Christ. Motivation. Yeah. 18 principles for to financial freedom. Are you getting something? Teachings. But what kind of teaching? I taught you during the lockdown. Wholesome ways. Healthy ways. Sound doctrine. Sound words. I don't want anyone who has exposed to my teachings to not, not to be, not to know some basic things of Christianity like the importance of forgiving, justification, sanctification, reconciliation. You don't know that. You are encouraged and you don't know reconciliation. You don't know about the doctrine of reconciliation. You don't know the, the, the doctrine of justification. You don't know that. Oh, what have we been feeding you with? You just screaming, we are not reasoning with you. For three years, two years, Paul was reasoning daily with them. Reasoning. Reasoning. Then Jezebel's teaching. And then the fourth kind of dangerous teaching is, is, is Satan. Satan himself. The dog, Satan himself has been, the, in fact, they call it the deep things of Satan. Verse 20, yeah, in the church. Revelation chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. Particularly 24. Look at verse 24. Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of uh, the rest in Titara, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan. Uh, give me uh, NIV. And then afterwards, if you have New American Standard Version or English Standard Version. Who, who have not, uh, uh, verse, okay. Tachira, to you who do not hold to her teachings and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. Yeah. Satan. Look at um, New English Standard Version. Let's give me the ESV. ESV. The rest of it, Tachira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. Now, deep. Some people say, Pastor, give me deep things. I want deep. I want deep. Some deep. Sometimes it's all about philosophy. It's all about philosophy that distracts from Christ. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, be careful lest anyone spoil you through philosophy. They can spoil you through philosophy, through the tradition of men. They can spoil you. Yeah, it's the Bible, the scripture uses spoil. In verse 4, Colossians chapter 2, verse 4, beguile. Beguile through teachings. They can, and, say. I say this, lest any man should beguile you with sweet words. 
The words are so nice. It sounds so intelligent. It sounds so, so spiritual. But it's void of the life of Christ. It doesn't feed you with Christ. It's not feeding you with Christ. It's not feeding you with Christ. It's not feeding you with Christ. What kind of preaching is this after you finish you go and fornicate? <laughs> after the preaching. Maybe the before the preaching you are planning. But after the preaching, you must change you have changed course because the word has cut my heart. The word has entered my heart. I'm on fire for Jesus. I am on fire for Jesus. I'm on fire for Jesus. Shut it. Sit down, let me. So yeah, change of plans. So you see, we have mentioned four teachings. And when you go to Second Timothy chapter two, it talks about certain type of words. Some words are gangrenous, verse 16. Gangrenous, it's like cancerous, they eat you up. Worse, yeah. Verse 17. And their worse eats as doth a cancer. Hymenos and Philetus, these guys. They were in the church. Hymenos and Philetus. Yeah, what interesting. Nice names, though. Philetus. Hymenos. The New King James and NIV. New King James. From verse 16. Let's start from verse 16. I think let's do the NIV rather from verse 16. Did you see that? Shan. Shan. NIV. Avoid godless chatter. It's not everybody you can engage in conversation. If you want to remain very sound spiritually. Some of you have been listening to all kinds of junk online. One of my advantages, my advantage over many people is I don't listen to a lot of people. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If I don't have anything at all to listen, thank God for modern day media. I just keep the uh, Bible on tape. Bible media playing. playing Every time. When I'm even in the bathroom, it's playing. It's playing. It's playing. It's playing. This morning, I was listening to Matthew, the book of Matthew. Book about and and uh, 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 Isaac because Jacob and Jacob oh yes it's also sweet ah, Jacob because Isaac uh, Isaac because Jacob yeah that, 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 Jacob it's also sweet it's plain it's plain it's plain sometimes when I'm busy doing something it's plain when I'm ironing it's plain in the background when I'm when I'm creaming my when I'm wearing my tie it's plain something must always be plain because where's are me you. Some words are not good to listen to. Some people, you have to shun their teachings. Because their teachings rather produce ungodliness rather than godly edification in faith. Yeah, it's in the scripture. In the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, I think chapter 1, verse 3, 4, 5, 7, there. He says, some people, chapter 6, first one, chapter 6, verse 3, 4. He says, some teachings produce ungodliness. Amen? <laughs> Give no heed to fables. Endless genealogies, which causes the dispute rather than godly edification. Some of the things you are listening to is just, it's not producing godly edification. So teachings are very important and every one of us must be mindful what you listen to, who you listen to, who is speaking into your spiritual life. Who teaches you matters. That's why when you're applying for a job, certain type of job, they want to know your qualification, which uni is it from. 
Yeah, even if you have, um, let's say you have masters in dance from Oxford, you are likely to get a job at the city over someone who has who has a PhD in economics from South London, South Bank University. <laughs> because it's all because of your teachers. Your teachers. So God said, I will give them pastors who will feed, after my answer, who will feed them. The job, the job of a pastor is primarily, first of all, feeding. Feeding with what? Let him watch this. A lot of uh, the churches have been very silent on that or have not really emphasized on that. The fi- fi- fundamental job of the pastor is to help people to understand exactly what the Bible is saying. That's where it starts from. To help you to understand what the scripture is saying. Hmm. So, teaching. So, Jesus Christ went to the synagogue and taught them. Because the only way light can dawn is through the teachings of God's word. Because the word of God is light. Bible says that God is light. John 1 John chapter 4 and verse 5. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. God is love. God is spirit. Three things the Bible talks about God. God is light. God is spirit. God is life. 1 John says that God is light. So, it's important to understand that the way we can let the light of God dawn on people is through the teaching of God's word. And Jesus, Bible says that in him was life and the light the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness. Darkness comprehends it not. There was a man sent from God. His name is John. The same, um, his name is John the seven. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of what? Take notice of that. Of the light that all through him might believe. Verse eight. Let's go. Go with me. He was not the light. Hmm. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. It looks like the subject is light here. Because he said in him is life and the life is the light of men. A man sent from God, his name is John. He was sent to bear witness of the light. He wasn't the light, but he was sent to witness bear witness of the light. Verse, verse 9. The light that lighteneth every man that comes into... Oh, I like that bit. Is the true light. Jesus Christ was the true light. That light which lighteneth, lighteth every man that came into the world. Verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Verse 11. Let's go. Go with me. He came into, into his own. His own received him. But as many as received him, he gave him the right to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Not born, born, not born of God, not according to the will of man, or will, uh, not uh, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt. Um, let's all read this verse together aloud. Let's go. One more time, very loud. And 
We beheld his glory. It was made flesh, full of grace and truth. He was made, the word became flesh. And was, he was the embodiment of grace. The embodiment of truth. He was full of grace. And full of truth. Mary was not full of grace. Jesus was the only one. <laughs> Jesus was the only one who was full of grace. So when you encounter Jesus, what you encounter is grace to be able to deal with what you could not, the, the demands of the law which you could emit. We need grace. We need grace. I want to, I want to draw your attention to this gospel of grace. This gospel of grace. It keeps you very humble. It keeps you so touched. You see, if you have really met Jesus, you find it easy to forgive others. Oh, yeah. Because if you have really met Jesus, the first thing you encounter is forgiveness of sins. And forgiveness of, genuine forgiveness of sins, true forgiveness of sins is very humbling. How many of you have been caught before? Doing something wrong. You just you're caught. You are caught. And they just let you go. When you know you have been let off the hook, you don't struggle to letting others off the hook. There's so much you have bitterness against what they did to you seven years ago, what they said to you. Listen, if you meet Jesus, if you meet Jesus, you are willing to let others go. It's the sign that you have actually. Appreciated what God has done for you. He was full of grace. How come you are with Jesus and we don't even see traces of grace around you? You are not gracious. You are not gracious. You are not gracious. That's why you don't like smiling. You are not. <laughs> Be gracious. To people who are not like you. To people who you don't like. To people who are different. Be gracious. People who have even offended you. Be gracious. Be gracious. Because we, we, we beheld the glory of the Father. Full of grace. Full of grace. Don't be in church. Or don't be a Christian who is so graceless. Be graceful. Be gracious. It is a sign that you have actually met Jesus. It's a sign that you have actually been taught the word of God. Because it's, it's called the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Every time Paul was about to write a letter. He always used to say. Grace to you. Grace to you. But when he's finishing, he says, grace be with you. It's like when it's coming, grace is coming to you. But by the time you have finished receiving it, grace be with you. From today, grace will be with you. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus. Why don't you help me? Let's celebrate our Jesus for, 
for his grace and his mercies and his goodness. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. The best thing that can happen to you is being exposed to the Word of God. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. You can also find more information about Caris Church and our upcoming services by visiting caris.org. Be blessed.